0: Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller. I'm my co host. Well, just a peek behind the curtain, folks. Uh, we're recording this podcast in two halves because, frankly, 8 p.m. on a Sunday is a ridiculous time to play a football match. Um, so <laughs> a podcast of two halves really requires a host of two halves. He's sweet, but he's salty. He's spicy, but drinks mild. He's a bit like that Alanis Morissette song. He's got one hand in his pocket and the other one is also in his pocket because it's bloody freezing. Dr. Luke Leddell, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, Rich. <laughs> how are you today? How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Yes. So, yeah, we're doing a bit. with This is prep. <laughs> this is pre-match warm-up. And then uh, we, will, we will record the, the sort of match breakdown hot on the heels of uh, probably losing to everton but uh, i suppose we we shouldn't make predictions like that
1: mm-hmm. before we get into any proceedings rich um we've got another great sponsor that we're looking to plug on the uh, the podcast so folks looking to spice things up inside and outside your ladies box well adam reach and eve is here for you listeners That's right. Everyone's favorite young Wednesday wing sensation takes his long-range screamer talents to cause some short-range screamers in the bedroom through his new online sex toy emporium. Fancy the talents of Adam Reach's magic wand of a left peg around you or your partner's clitoris. There's a toy for that. Some delicate feather toys as delicate as Reachino's touch. We've got them. Once some fuzzy handcuffs sat off for enough enticing, trusting, comforting, and delicious sexiness as when he signed his Mahusiv five year contract and joining the Owls. Well, once again, they have you covered like cheese on a palmo. Adam Reach <laughs> and Eve.com hitting that goal spot on a more consistent basis than Adam Reach does this season.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Incredible. And th- 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 is there any sort of deal if uh, people...
1: Yes, of course. If you sign up today and uh, use use the code GRAVYSHILLS, you'll get 20% off your first order. Oh, my goodness.
0: I mean, often Adam Reach has made me feel things in my downstairs area, but it's nice to put a formal factor on that and also be able to pay him directly for the pleasure. That's a, that's a real treat. There we go. Uh, Thanks so much for that, Luke. I think um I've I've made a note to mark this episode as explicit. Very early doors.
1: <laughs>
0: Breaking hoo-hoos. Breaking hoo-hoos. Uh, what a week. Um, it's not been that much of a week, has it? Let's be honest. Uh this is first off the heart of the press. Uh news to me, maybe not news to you, Luke, but Andre Green, new signing mm. new new Wednesday winger. He has branded initials online like Roger Federer or Tiger Woods.
1: interesting
0: did you did you know we we were in the company of such a, an incredible talent?
1: I, I did I did not know this at all.
0: Yeah, this was part of his because he did a Q and A, which mm-hmm. seemed to be lot, sort of s- supported by his agent and him and the club. And finally kind of edited into a slightly too long video on on Instagram.
1: And did you watch the entirety of that? Because I only watched the first minute before doing other things of my life.
0: Sadly, I did watch all of it. I don't know why. I was really kind of a bit kind of bored and fed up within that same minute. But I, I then invested some time and I wanted to see it through to the end. I, I wondered if there might be, you know, a Shamalian or shamalamian twist towards the end where i don't know what might happen but the ground might swallow up andre green and you know you just don't know what's going to happen i particularly i watched it it was long enough for me to get quite annoyed at the fact that there was a weird high pitched fan type noise in the background of andre green answering the questions but they didn't play that noise whilst they were showing you the tweet that he was answering so you kind of had the blissful silence do you know that relief when there's an annoying noise and then it goes away and you can like feel and hear the the absence of it? Mm. It basically was that for six minutes. <laughs> Blessed pause in, and then it coming back along with fairly tedious answers to questions. Uh, but good. Very bad. Good football. Aston Villa are a big so chef for Wednesday.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So big groundbreaking revelations to be had with interviewing RJ Green.
0: Oh, yeah. Big noise. It was a big noise. It was worth, um, definitely worth...
1: This, this it. is the problem, like, the, you know, well, it's, it's not the, that big a problem. But I'm just saying, for my fascination... No,
0: don't... Please don't, don't downsize this problem. Big, big problem. Go for it. Big, like, I don't big know problem. You, huge, huge.
1: Did anyone ask him what he's been doing for the past
0: four or five months? <laughs> there was a question about how he stayed sharp or something, but it was a very... That's a very vague sort of answer. He's been—he's learned the piano. Is what he's done in his time off. <laughs> so, anyway. we we may have a a winger whose talents are on the way in, in that field. But um, you know, in time, he could be quite a tunesmith on that on that old Joanna. So, you know, not all not all lost. Um, so, <laughs> moving on from that that bit of news, we we have a signing, and we've given a first senior contract to Callum Huxley, nickname Aldus. Uh, and we've entered a brave new world with this signing.
1: <laughs> Very good, Rich. Very good. I like how that's the only thing you could actually write about him. To be fair, he
0: had some link with Wrexham previously. There you go. There you go. I don't know. I mean, well, let's see. We, you know, young players are getting getting some chances. Maybe the fact he's been given a contract means that the uh, the COVID situation hasn't got any better at the. Uh, the club, and he's going to make an appearance in the in the FA Cup for us. Um, at least fill out a couple of bench slots with uh,
1: with signing new uh, new youngsters. Just just one question, Rich. Do you reckon that he will be the the soma of our young young wing?
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. We'll all forget about our our troubles the everyday. We'll we'll drift away due to due to soma. It's a good book that though you know in terms of uh, dystopian futures 1984 gets gets a lot of play doesn't it but um brave new world is probably has as many hits as as uh, as as 1984 in terms of things it got right about a uh, a a dy- 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 dystopian future and I think probably a better read for me personally maybe that's a controversial thing to say but there you go naturally orwellian troubles big brother being watched all the time transfer talk there's been some transfer talk luke you want to wanna take us through the headlines in that regard
1: sure so we are recording this i'm sure this could probably pop through by the time we get to talking about the everton game on sunday night but looks like sam hutchinson is edging ever closer to being a sheffield wednesday player again what does that what does that evoke in you feelings was luke that's a good question, Rich. I think it just, it doesn't really add anything to, add anything or detract from the pile of apathy that I have towards <laughs> uh, my beloved Sheffield Wednesday right now. It it really just pans into that conversation we had last week where it's like, where where should we improve? And I'm like, I don't know. Mm. It, it all feels so much, <laughs> such a level of shit show that it any number of bodies is fine you know i i'm a bit i'm a bit skeptical it's not a it's not a long-term answer for a short-term process in an area we're struggling sure i don't know it's it's kind of cute it has a bit of disney chops about it right
0: yeah i i forgot um what what disney film is it again where the the Cockney wide boy comes in and kicks some people for a while in a different t-shirt.
1: It's Mulan. Mulan.
0: Yes. Yeah. Famously problematic. (laughs) I just, let's just look at the, so the narrative of Hodge, I know there's like, there's rumors and myths of rumors and, you know, all the, the speculation about what, you know, what's real, what's not. But, On the face of it, so this cannot be a Chancery. Chancery has not got an issue with Hutchinson, presumably, because he's come into from the cold a couple of times on a Mm -hmm. a kind of personal basis. And then this would be the most, you know, you don't re-sign a player. There are other people that can play the role of, (laughs) I suppose it goes to that saying, but Sam Hutchinson is not the only man that can play like Sam Hutchinson. I'm sure he may be one of very few that is available interested and willing to do the job for the for whatever wage he ends up getting but if you were if you were in sort of active disagreement with somebody you wouldn't bring them back to the football club so let's take chancery out of that as a as a factor. Mm. Hutch has had under two different coaches now or two different managers, first team coaches, whatever they were called, he's had periods where he's been out because of personal, personally falling out with the person in charge of the football club, mm. that's a, it's a strange character to bring back in. It's a strange, almost sort of addiction to bring him back in again.
1: But, but I yeah, suppose if we take all, also the- oh, gone, it's this reliance on the mentality of you know these are fixtures in the Sheffield Wednesday dressing room. You know, it's yeah. it's almost like looking and saying these are players that you know seemingly. Not that we all do because so many of us are, are grown men and this this would be kind of against. But it's kind of a weird mentality to say Chanziri thinks that every fan has a poster of these players on their wall, you know? <laughs> a tattoo on our heart. Exactly. It's but again it's it's been like, hey, we need a rebirth, we need to regenerate, we need to go younger with the squad, we need to turn over, you know, we need to move on from this era. But we can't. We seemingly have an addiction to these. <laughs> it's your reference to when we chatted, I think, a couple of weeks ago and talking about the old flames. Yes. Yeah. It's drastic. It's it's really... I don't know, because, I mean, I can see a lot of positives to Hutchinson coming back.
0: Well, that's what I was... Yeah, that's what I was sort of turning a corner into, was take take all of the... <laughs> the 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 you know the added extras the noise the outside stuff away, and we have hopefully a capable, m-
1: motivated defensive midfielder with some champion mm. with championship experience who apparently, if we believe his PR, you know, loves you know adores the club, loves the club, yeah, loves the club and would have gladly retired here and seen his career out. I, I'm just worried that we've obviously, like you said, had two previous managers who said. Him and Westwood are damaging to the dressing room, and part of the reason why it's this club is rotten to the core. Mm. They've ostracized them and then they've been brought back in. It just feels like the dressing room always wins. It does, and it, it it's I get
0: it, it's it's so hard to separate it, <laughs> the the politics from the football in in the case of Hotch and Westwood to an extent. But um, this is a dressing room that is producing worse and worse results year on year, but they, yeah, they seem to hold the sway. And it's also interesting because one of the reasons supposedly it's difficult now to get a new man in to the managerial position is that uh, Chinsiri wants to have a say over first team matters, too much of a say in the opinion of several sort of outsiders looking in and is one of the says he wants to have that he wants sam hutchinson to be there and involved with diminishing returns it's a, i don't know it's it is hard to look at it just on its face but on its face we've got this we've got someone who should have some years left he's had big periods of his life where he's not played huge amounts of football we know he's got kind of underlying at any moment it could be the last game for sam hutchinson but yeah he's also you sometimes get this i know i do probably too many comparisons to combat sports but occasionally there was a there was a fight um last weekend where it was the young pretender against the old guy that's been champ and is maybe on the way down Mm. and the champ who's on his way down is 29 years old and the young pretender is 32 you know like battle scars and battle weariness and mileage all have a factor to play and the fact is that sam hutchinson at whatever age he is 32 31 32 has probably has played a lot less football than many of his peers so if it's a case of kind of getting worn out or worn down in some ways (laughs) there's 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 potentially a fair amount still on the clock you know to go back to your kind of old banger that you run into the ground he's a long way from
1: that Mm. But it just feels, it, it feels so much closer. And I mean, especially for Sam Hutchinson, who seems such a big character, the thing that you know, maybe I've been quite detrimental towards Sam Hutchinson. It was weird, because I mean, Sam Hutchinson was a mention in our kind of team of the decade. I'm not sure if he kind of made the cut for the first 11 was an honorable mention. And it seemed at that point, when we were talking about this coming into 2020, for looking back at that team of the decade, it felt like he was beginning to be on the wane and be on like kind of pushed out. We'd had the previous kind of dramatics regarding Yoss, him coming back in and doing a little mustache to the crowd. Yes. He, you know, I, I've maybe been damning and detrimental. He's been a very solid professional for us for a long time. Not quite his prime and his pomp, but also you kind of look under the hood and you chat to him and he seems like a character who's, you know, has suffered from mental health issues, mm-hmm. as a lot of us are, but it, it's just, it's refreshing to hear someone talk about that in a you know, a professional footballing capacity, which doesn't kind of lift its lid on its demons that often or talk about things in such an open kind of manner. So that is to be promised. But it's just, it feels like we're driving down the motorway in our, our, you know, trusty, reliable second-hand car. But how trusty and reliable is it? We feel like the engine could fall out at any minute. Well, it's almost got a kind of (laughs)
0: speed-esque, unbeknownst to you, there is like an immediate off switch which will have a pretty dramatic impact at any given moment with, uh, with Sam Hutchinson. That's, yeah, it's, it's a reliable old clodder of a, of a car, but then also if it goes less than 50, <laughs> it will blow up. Um, Who else so would it, you
1: recast in that, do you think? Would, would Stuart Gray play Sandra Bullock? Ask oh, that. if only, as such.
0: May be a bomb under the car, but it doesn't fear us. And you know, always used to say it doesn't fear us, which I thought was a, such a lovely, strange turn of phrase. Um, <laughs> I
1: didn't know. I, I didn't know Stuart Gray sounded was uh, Alan. Alan Bennett.
0: <laughs> oh, he is actually. I'm having a wonderful oh, time at Fulham
1: Football Club. I looked under the bonnet, and it was full of custard creams.
0: We're 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 getting planets for our performances, but our uh, results remain underwhelming. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> oh, uh, so I don't know. I... So so, I, 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 so here's my theory. Mm. <laughs> this is my in a in a world where we choose our truth, and um, you know, there's no such thing as fact. It's all just spurious nonsense, one way or another. I suspect so Sam Hutchinson has good relationships with several people at the club. Probably, let's be honest, he's got good relationships with the chairman and maybe old stuffing boy. And that is enough to leave a leave a window ajar or a door open. And Sam Hutchinson's made a big move to Greece. I'm going, Pethos, mate. It's going to be great, lovely son. And maybe the family don't like it. Maybe maybe Sam doesn't like it. He certainly didn't seem to like that person that he murdered in the clip that we all saw. And so maybe he's still got a house in Sheffield and he still feels he's got something to give. And maybe, you know, he's in conversation or he calls up the club and says, and intimates basically... I'm not on much here. I came over because it's Greece and it's a bit nice. Maybe I get to beat Brexit, but everyone's miserable. I'd like to come back. We've still got the house in Sheffield, so I'd like to come back to Sheffield. I'll do I'll I'll play for what I'm on at Pathos, or I'll pay, oh you know, I'll play for very little or whatever. And from the club's point of view, that's a fairly probably becomes a fairly simple decision to make. Take, take the emotion, take the character stuff out of the way as we touched on, this is an experienced championship midfielder. We're light in defensive midfield. We, we've played, Joey Pelopesi has played an, as many games this half of the season as he did in the whole of the last season. It, he was probably not intended to be <laughs> a first team player. You can't imagine that that was the, the choice, but that's become what's happened because of Luongo's injuries, because of whatever whatever other circumstances. So, you drop somebody in, he's probably going to be considerably better than Pelopesi. He's certainly much better at driving us forward from that position than Pessi is. So on some level, you could just say it's a bit of a no-brainer. But it it is a bit depressing, and it's a bit going back to <laughs> yesterday's dinner. It's the leftovers. It's a bit, you know, yeah. you should eat it because it saves you some money. It's the economical efficient thing to do, but getting a pizza in would be much more exciting.
1: It would. (laughs) Um, We've also been linked with a couple of left-backs. Well, actually, I think it's just one. Oh, okay. So that is... What's this chap? It is Pickering from Crew. It's apparently quite a highly rated young left-back in League One. It's about 22. Um, I think Blackburn Rovers are heavily Heavily kind of in for him right now. Mm. So, yeah, Harry Pickering. It's a good name. It is a great name. It is a great name. So, it, it's interesting to, to see his try for a lower league player who's of good credentials. He's he obviously come up from the Crew Academy. Yeah. Um, you'd be glad to know he was born in Chester, Rich.
0: Oh, good. Like like a lot of good people. Yeah.
1: Like a lot of great people we know. A <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if that's something that's gonna go ahead, but it's it's oddly promising to be linked with such players and to have in have an interest into them. So we'll see if anything develops there.
0: Yeah, and that, and this is we've got we've had this from the sort of the local press. It's it's sort of a couple of other journalistic types on Twitter have sort of borne it out as well. Yeah, as you say, it's, this is the sort of player that we sort of hoped this was the corner we were turning and the sort of player we were going to be chasing after. Mm. Um, there's interest from Blackburn, there's interest from Stoke, who are obviously teams in better positions than us. Mm. But I would imagine if we're going to play any sort of normal defence, the left-back spot is kind of his to take if he if he joins Wednesday. I don't know True. whether that's the piece of those other clubs. I mean, certainly at Stoke, he'll be he'll be vying for the same position as Morgan Fox, who we know is a very uh, decent player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how many games he's guaranteed to get, I don't know.
1: And there is obviously um, there is obviously one transfer link that I've just remembered, just recalled from this week, which is um, brother of Jacob, Josh Murphy, at Cardiff.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: The other Jay Murphy. The other Jay Murphy, hoping to we're basically hoping to replace like the like, basically.
0: And the nice thing is they look so similar.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's funny that, isn't it, Rich? <laughs> maybe
0: um, maybe seeing as they get so uh, Josh is getting such such little uh, game time for a dour and um, miserable Newcastle side maybe they could do a kind of sitcom-esque swap where the one that you know whichever one's feeling most up for it can come and play for us and start at the weekend and the one that's maybe been out on the lash or you know not slept particularly well can turn up at Newcastle and play for five minutes near the end we can kind of get the best of both worlds a sort of brother brother if you will (laughs) yes yeah uh go home roger <laughs> that was that one wasn't it yeah it was. i know i know it things was. yeah um yeah i mean i would be it's nice that we're, we are looking in areas you know with the signing of uh hoxley we're looking at those wide areas where we are short of of options um oddabagio's kind of played every single position um out of the the four wide positions uh, most commonly used with you know, interesting effects in each. And I think Reach has done the same and probably Harris has done the same. But it, it all kind of seems to be done to occlude the fact that we, we're probably one or two players short in that position that, from where we need to be. None of this speaks particularly signing a left back or potentially signing a left back, signing another left winger, uh, looking to bring in another winger on loan. None of this bodes particularly well for Matt Penny, who just seems to can't seem to get going with um. really. Uh he might be a player that comes good in time i think there's enough to his game uh that that's a possibility i don't think it's a given i've seen i've seen good stuff and and poorer stuff i know there's a nice um somebody's sort of gathered together a nice statistic that when he starts we've done really well but that's such a small number of games that that counts for that it, it, it could easily be skewed by just one result one way or another but how do you feel i mean how do you feel about the potential of of other people coming in and and kind of taking his his even even as they are scant opportunities uh
1: of of first team appearances from him
0: Uh, how does that
1: how does that sit with you i don't know with Matt penny no I, i i apologize for just the sheer level of apathy that i have with talking about the the makeup of the squad it just feels everything is so uncertain you know, we're in a pretty treacherous position in the league. Derby won today. That kind of extends the the gap from safety to about five points now. Granted, we have games in hand, so to Rotherham no above us? There's no sign of a manager. That is something that needs to have a decision made at some points. Mm. The rumblings seem to be still, though, that as we've had no games until, you know, the FA Cup game tomorrow, which we'll review as part of this episode, which is, it's almost like a free hit really i mean everton will probably be playing a strong lineup but they want to progress difficult to know who's available after the COVID outbreak it's difficult to know there's always in various shades of an injury crisis at sheffield wednesday yeah everything is just so incredibly uncertain we don't know you know uh barry bannon mentioned actually that he's very very keen to sign a new contract um he just alluded to the fact that chancery is out of the country so that kind of Puts a hold up on proceedings, but something is hoping to do soon. But again, but that, in and of itself, that's a daft position to be in, isn't it? It is, but we're constantly in this position. I, I don't know. I was thinking the other day. You know, hey, if I was, if I was Sheffield Wednesday chairman, why not a little daydream, kind of down a rabbit hole for myself there.
0: Yeah,
1: I'd want to have some stability with the players and with hey, these assign that you know these are. These are prospects. These are players with future. They play with resale value. We're very bad at keeping to people to long- lengthy contracts. It seems weird that we have Chancery has this mentality of a family, and yet no one seems to be tied to sticking around till <laughs> any time in the near future. You know, he, he,
0: he, everyone's family, but he doesn't let them know whether they're coming to Christmas dinner or not until like the twenty fourth. <laughs> yes.
1: Exactly. So we've we've got all these young players who are on the cusp of potentially leaving the club and having futures elsewhere, if they do have futures. Matt Penny is one of them. We've we've never seen Irahide's had a nasty injury. He's never come back, I think, Barb some youth games. I don't think we've heard any great sniff of him. He's never had an appearance around the first team. Um, Alex Hunt, this felt like the season he would break through. That's not mm. really happened. We've had Shaw in his place now, but again, yep. now we're in a position of: Are we? Are we keeping Liam Shaw? Can we please keep Liam Shaw? Can we get him a new contract, please? Yes, yes. And that's uh, gone a little bit quiet, which is a little bit frustrating. There's just there's no there's no stability, so there's no there's no base to build on. So I don't know how we keep adding players. Andrew Green signed for eighteen months, which is nice. Okay. That is that everything's everything is just
0: so <laughs> short term. Yeah, yeah, it is, uh, and it it, it just it, it's hard to shake the feeling that we just sort of drift from one mini disaster to the next, one panicked situation to another. There just there's no doesn't seem to any forward thinking, any
1: yeah
0: yeah it's um even this with the managerial situation you know saying that oh this this is a free shot against everton but also <laughs> this is a week of training that, that's been missed we go into we're so close to a february which is crazy in terms of the schedule that we've got laid out mm-hmm. ahead of us do we draw, do we parachute a man in at some point during that we we've we've pretty much We're now a week away from sort of missing the opportunity of getting somebody in ahead of that run of games. And um, apologies to whoever posted or said this, maybe it's not a particularly original thought, but we've all heard managers moan, oh, we don't really get any time on the training pitch because we're we're match to match. And February will be match to match. So Mm. anybody, anybody new will not have any time to train those players really, because it will all be recovery on a punishing routine of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. And I think there might be one Saturday, Wednesday in there. We can't afford to give that up. So I I, I would rather, if we're not going to get somebody new in, let's give Thompson a bit of security so that he at least feels he's working for something. And mm-hmm. um, the, the, probably the last bit of news worth touching on is the fact that um, Mick McCarthy has, um, We've managed to dodge a Mick McCarthy shape to disaster to add into the rest of this season's uh, brushes as he he's ended up at Cardiff City. Uh, Would you have taken Mick? I don't know.
1: I think his stock was higher previously. He did good. I mean, it was incredible what he in a way what he achieved with Ipswich, wasn't it? It was. He got them punching far above their weight. I mean, I, I kind of laugh because it's not a very glamorous appointment for Cardiff City. But then maybe it's that's what they know. It's what they know. I know it's it's again. So you, you've basically created a base of Warnock football, and then you brought Neil Harris, who's quite similar, and then you know it's it's Mick McCarthy. It's like the negative version of like Southampton. You know, we <laughs> yeah. have a we have a philosophy and way of playing. So we just go get, we go get the next guy who can do the same stuff the old guy did. But maybe maybe that's oddly genius, I, but I, I don't know. Maybe. Here at Cardiff City, we have a
0: deep-seated philosophy at the club. It, it, out, it outweighs uh, the time of managers and players. What we do is we play the footballing equivalent of a drizzly Sunday. And we bore the opposition into submission, and why we might sneak a goal, and that's what Cardiff City has always stood for. <laughs> oh dear, it's not particularly inspiring, is
1: it? No, it isn't. But maybe, maybe it could be. I don't know. It could work two ways. It's not a glamorous appointment. Um, it's not a change in, it's not a change in philosophy. But maybe that's a good thing. I don't know, but then, again, it it felt a bit weird. It felt like, you know, it reminded me of when Huddersfield sacked Wagner. Wagner, Yeah. I was going to pronounce his name. The guy from from was. Yeah, yeah, that guy. That That guy. And then they, they, didn't they go and get the assistant manager at Bayern? Or the other 23 coach at Bayern? And it felt like, why did you just get rid of... David Wagner yeah. to get this other guy. Says, there's a weird mental. There's a weird mentality between how much of this is actual change, and how much of this is just a symbolic, purely changing of the guard because yeah. the guy was struggling.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, and maybe that is unfortunately a cycling within managerial appointments. It, so it could be a good. It's a very much a Schrodinger's Schrodinger's Cardiff. Um, it could be a good appointment. It could be a bad appointment. I don't think I'd want him at Wednesday.
0: No, no, I I, I agree. I'm not, Previously,
1: I, was... I would have, but I think that was probably before a time when, you know, we had to sit through so much Gary Monk and so much um, Tony Pulis, or well, so little Tony Pulis, but it felt like.
0: Well, that's that, philosophy-wise, we're we're a club that espouses an attacking philosophy, and I think we had that under. Carlos in the first season maybe but he certainly became much more defensive in the second season and in, in the third to a fault we were defensive we then to correct Carlos we appointed a defense an outright defensive ma- manager in Yosela Hukai to to play attacking football then Steve Bruce who I think he mixes and matches but I, I think what the sort of football Bruce is churning out at Newcastle is is pretty much his stock and trade. Tight at the back, counter-attacking, but pretty kind of meat and potatoes. You know, it's not, it's not um, you're not getting total football from a, from a Brucey team, I would imagine. So another kind of pragmatic manager that we claimed, you know, we claimed would play attacking football for us. Monk, to be honest, I didn't know what Monk was like prior to joining us, but very little of what he produced felt like exciting front foot football yeah. and then we appointed the ultimate well to use the word again pragmatist in 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 Tony Pulis and again sort of seemingly expected him to change his spots and and I feel like Mick McCarthy would just be another in that long line of what have you done you know you've had a a relatively storied managerial career what, how, what's got you there? Well, yeah, come here and do the opposite. And if you don't do the opposite, I'll be a bit upset with you. That feels like the stupidest philosophy to have <laughs> if, it's, if it is a philosophy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, that's it for the news section. We will now talk about the weekend's match with Everton. So we're on to the cup match with Everton away at Goodison Park. And I think, to be honest, the first thing when I saw the team sheet just felt like there was a lot of familiar first team type faces missing. Mm. Was, that, was that your sort of shared experience?
1: Well, I mean, so other official media sources will have no qualms of being professional and not gesticulating. Who could have had the vid? But here in different gravy, we'll get right into it.
0: Yeah. Well, that's right. You know, yeah, that's, that's my first note. Was you mm. know, is this is this the cup or is it COVID? Because mm. it's not, it's not strange to play a second or a weakened team in the cup. We've done it previously. Sure. If you're uh,
1: marketing a, if you're marketing a product, would you say you can't believe it's not the cup, or it's can't believe it's not COVID? <laughs> Which one would you go for?
0: I can't believe the FA Cup got COVID. Full to the brim of COVID is the FA Cup.
1: It's like a Pandora's box in that trophy. Once you lift the lid on the <laughs> Cup, all the vid got out.
0: It's COVID all the way down.
1: In fact, I've never seen... <laughs> I've never seen the FA Cup and Wuhan in the same room.
0: Exactly. Hmm. <laughs> so... So, so that was, I think that was the thing. Look at because there's a bit of you know there's a, it's hard to know where the squad is at at the moment because obviously we've had this week off. We were missing yeah. prior to that. We were missing a few players through injury. Hmm. You know, Dunkley and Westwood sort of being prime amongst them, and obviously Luongo. And none of those three involved today. So is that mm-hmm. is that because they're still injured? Is that because
1: I mean. It's interesting because I, the last time we look at this is the last lineup we have to compare is literally the last round of the FA Cup.
0: Yeah.
1: That's probably happened through replays before where a team has played a replay and then they've gone to play the next round pretty much as soon as possible after that for the next game. But I mean, I, I think that's an interesting thing for the history books that we've played two rounds proper on the spin. Back thanks to back, yeah. back to back. It's, it's insane. So it's interesting. I actually went and pulled the Exeter lineup and I mean, there's only three changes.
0: People say we don't do any preparation for this, but you know, you've, you've pulled that line up. So c- silence, doubters. Okay, sorry, just, <laughs> just...
1: Just dropping a few truth bombs. You know? We know that our podcast is the first to bend time and space to get feedback live from people. So we can just be like, <laughs> shut up, shut,
0: shut at you. Did you have the, sorry, just quickly, on your feed, did you have the weirdly sort of creepy level of crowd noise that they were piping in on BT? Like, it almost sounded like five or six schoolgirls. It, it was really weird. It's like, you know, this is eight o'clock... We're, we're, we're mimicking what a crowd would be like, but let's be honest, yeah. this is eight o'clock on a Sunday,
1: so... So yours, yours was like the first ever One Direction gig when they were just getting going, basically. Yeah. But, yeah but... There, was, there was only five or six schoolgirls there to, to shout. They didn't know if it was going to be something that they should be screaming and getting, <laughs> getting a bit het up about. So it was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere between that One
0: Direction gig and the sort of creepy twins in The Shining, that's where that was the sort of eerie level that I was getting from this crowd noise.
1: I didn't get that. I just had the um, had the raw everybody shouting each other noise, which I'm kind of getting uh, used to. So it's not stressing me out as much as it has done previously on the podcast.
0: Oh, I would have killed for that, Luke,
1: <sighs> to hear like Bullen saying "push up" or whatever. <laughs> 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 so go on, line-up-wise um, The three that are missing mm. are basically Alex Hunt um, yeah. Liam Shaw and Moses Attabaggio, Yeah. of which comes in Burner at the back to replace Shaw um, who replaced in the middle of the, well no, because I mean
0: It was a different formation wasn't it, because kind of, I guess it kind of green replaced him um, in the no, Yeah.
1: So you've probably gone with less in midfield to go green up top Effectively, yeah, kind if of. That's kind of the mentality, and then Otabajo misses out for Arahide, which is kind of almost like for like from what I recall from those games. And I mean, that's interesting because yeah. I mean, Otabajo Odo- previously we did have an era of him being cast to the sidelines for Urah-
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like there was, I definitely remember there was. That a was the time, where... wasn't it? It
0: was. It was this time last year. Arahide mm. sort of emerged and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a surprise inclusion and that was the the time where we got the the rumor that Obadajo had been told basically you're not wanted you can go yes yes so yeah yeah you're right that sort of almost i mean it, it, as i say it's almost a year to the day that that sort of period coincides with each other
1: Irahide's appearance into the wet, which you know was barnstorming two games and then two bad games, it mm. felt a bit like you remember that Simpsons where Bart works at the the cat house and then grandpa grandpa comes in, takes his hat <laughs> off, puts on the thing, sees Bart, and then turns around, takes, puts it back on and leaves. <laughs>
0: yes. That yes. is
1: Urahide's Sheffield Wednesday career for 1920 in a gif, <laughs> basically. <laughs>
0: And maybe maybe that's what is this year's season's going to be as well. I don't know. It's uh, hard to tell what the uh, the lasting impact will be. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's sort of baffling, in a way, a sort of baffling lineup because Green is thrown in straight away, gets a start. So that was, mm-hmm. I, I would say, a pleasant surprise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to hope and presume if we've brought him in, we hope we think he's better than what we've got. So he he is a potential starter, probably, from the off. Obviously, time will tell whether that's right or not, but... You know, that's that's good in and of itself. Urigide's a strange choice. We've not seen him for
1: the best part of a year. <laughs> um no, and I've I've barely seen his name his name's barely been uttered in under 23 games.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nice to see Berner back in. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we've got to see Galvin another another appearance from Galvin as well. Yeah, so it's kind of intriguing, but as you say, the the main thing is sort of looking and going, okay. Why, I, I, to be honest, weirdly now, in this bizarre season, the first name you you miss is Shaw.
1: Yes, because he's become yes.
0: a pretty essential figure for the for the club, whether it's at the back or in midfield.
1: Definitely, best the best player of the last the last month, effectively.
0: So I think probably in 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 no particular order, you know, you're looking and thinking, well, Shaw, Shaw's missed out, Odebadjo's missed out, Lee's dunkley... And Westwood all missed out. Mm. And and, and roads nowhere to be seen either. So it's it, yeah, you wonder.
1: Which is an interesting thing because, yeah, it, you don't know whether they're taking, a, you know, whether they've been infected and it's to a person, an individual experience and maybe hitting them hard. We've not yeah. had any great window of the training ground being back up and running for just over a week, I want to say. It was a yeah. week last Friday, wasn't it? So who knows who's been there, who's been partaking to what level. We also don't know whether people have picked up any minor or even major injury setbacks just on the training ground. Or, you know, maybe they were having a Marcus Tudgate barbecue. (laughs) Yes. You know, stepped on some glass or something, something like that. You know, it could be all manner of things that we're seemingly in the dark from.
0: Yeah, it's intriguing. I know obviously we'll get a fuller picture as the week rolls on because we've got Coventry on Tuesday. Um and then we've got we've got Preston on Saturday. So I I guess we'll as I say we'll we'll get a um, we'll get a fuller picture as that goes through because it's not out of the question that some of those players were just simply given another week because well this mm. is a cup tie. We don't have any pretense of winning this or getting into deeper stages. So mm. why rush somebody back for this? And and again looking back at last last year's FA Cup for those those um almost mirror images we 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 played Stephen Fletcher in that game against Brighton that Uruguide made his debut in he didn't need to play and he got injured and we basically didn't see him again at at full fitness in a Wednesday shirt exactly
1: exactly you could sort
0: of argue that was one of the most pivotal decisions in the whole season potentially Mm
1: -hmm.
0: although obviously you couldn't possibly know that at the time I'm not expecting anybody to have that kind of (laughs) foresight but why you know why take the risk if you don't have to this is a this is we are not going to win the FA Cup we will probably not get much further than the next round especially knowing that the next round is likely to be a very difficult tie against Tottenham Hotspur Mm. so yeah why don't don't, why would you force anybody into this game if you've got even a slight question mark about their fitness and we've got a massive run of games now we are back to back Mm -hmm. All the way through the end of this month and, and the whole of the next month.
1: But I mean, interestingly, I mean, we've got to varying degrees, we have, which we don't know what's happening. If again, I don't know really what's happening with Westwood, which no. kind of feels like, I mean, maybe it could be, maybe I, I really hope very, very few of them have been infected with. The COVID outbreak, but since we know that it's happened and it's affected quite a few people,
0: but then we know he was injured. Westwood, Westwood was already he, was. he was. Out before the COVID he was. outbreak with a was it an ankle injury?
1: Oh, I don't know. Was it the groin injury when he was playing a game? You remember the one time he pulled his groin? But did he come back from that?
0: He did come back from that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because there's been a day since we've come back and done the first half of this podcast, and we're merging yes. it with the second half. There's a lot of things that there's a lot of things that are kind of foreboding from that first half that we talk about, and the reason I say that is because I mentioned Nerahide. I'm like, I've never seen him. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if he's mm. been long-term injured or whether he's just been decreed that it's not his time anymore. And he had a bright start, but then he's seemingly done. He's you know he's we've decided that he's no longer formidable or a decent youth player at this level. So there's that. I, you know I talked about that thing with Sam Hutchinson who. I guess we're still expecting to sign any any day, any minute now. I'm i su- I'd be surprised if it wasn't announced, you know, this Sunday evening. That that me that you and I are talking this Sunday night. It could well happen. Yeah. yeah. But the thing I was saying about Hutchinson is, you know, it's not completely unknown for him to have a niggling injury that's gonna set him out. And that's that kind of analogy I was using about driving down the motorway in your in your car, which is Sam Hutchinson, but the engine can fall out any yes. minute. Feels very similar to Kieran Westwood. Yeah. Oh,
0: definitely. Yeah.
1: He's a man who's picked up many a warm up injury, which I I don't know. You know, I don't know how serious they were, but it, it seemed to happen quite a lot in his Wednesday career. Well, the, I would say the,
0: the almost sort of the ironic thing is he's seemingly been fit and available for the best part of three or four seasons now he when he was a mainstay mm. linchpin figure in the squad he was he yeah it felt like he was constantly one you know one slip or injury or an overexert a stretch or a, something away from having to go off but then almost all the time under Lahuka, he was available almost all the time under monk yeah. he was available mm. yeah just sort of but then i thought that i really felt last season the more we saw of him the the more limited he, you know, getting a fuller picture of him as as he's ageing, I guess, as well, to be fair. It's not, you know, the, the, nothing's sort of set in stone. Mm. But seeing more and more of him playing, I just felt like we got to see more and more of, more of his limitations. Mm. Yes, he can ping good balls forward, but also almost every other one of those, he's actually going to just hand possession to the opposition. He has a method of defending that it's very, very wholehearted, but it means if you miss it, you put your team in trouble. You're not in a position, if you go in for a big crunching tackle and you miss it or the player, maybe you hit the player, but he moves the ball on, you've left a gap there for the team to exploit. So all mm-hmm. these things, it just felt like the more that we saw of him, the more of these gaps and drops there were. And I think that does add to the, <laughs> the kind of... Um, slight feeling of, you know, meh about him maybe coming back. But then you look at the midfield today and undoubtedly it would be improved by having Sam Hutchinson in there. Mm.
1: Well, I feel so anyway, but... um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, especially for someone like myself who's on brand not particularly a big fan of Joey Pelopersi. Joey pelopessi's had probably his best season at Sheffield Wednesday so far. Yeah, I think it's probably easy to say. I mean, would you would you think that? I don't know. Like right now, I don't know. I, d- I don't know right now if Sam Hutchinson is an improvement on Joe Palapasi right now. Mm,
0: yeah, but then I think I feel like you'd end up with a more secure midfield unit. Although uh, I don't know. Obviously, you'll, you There's not ne- There's a. There's a sort of a factor in that three and how you make that mix of that three mm. is your gamble. Is your how many risks are we going to take to get our foothold and get ourselves further up the field? So today we were we were sometimes at we were sometimes a three up top, but by and large, reach was one of those three in the middle. That's what his he was sort of the the pivot at the top there of the of the three. So having him and Bannon quite attacking, quite risky, mm. and then Pessy is is kind of your safety blanket. So. I don't know whether Hutch, adding Hutch in there, actually taking Hutch, putting Hutch in there for Pelopessi in that three, I think you're probably right. It's probably a more, a bigger risk defensively. Mm. But if Hutch was the replacement for the one of the other two, then it gives you a more secure unit to build from, but maybe cuts down on your creativity. So there's always, it's all about give and take, isn't it? And it's the risks that you take. And, and yeah. today we were very... We were cautious without the right personnel to be cautious, is what I would say. I think. Mm. Should we should we try and get into the game a bit? I
1: I just wanted to say, I did see, I think a Wednesday fan was wondering that, you know, wondering if Shaw was off as a result of not seeing him in and around this team or the bench kind of picture. But I just think there's so many variables right now. We just it's difficult to say. It's difficult to say anything with any great certainty, right? There's so much uncertainty. Yeah. There's so many weird variables. Um, the thing I want to say about the I mean, we had like a full we had the full nine on the bench. We did. We built the bench. The bench is expansive as a space of taken up in the stands, I said. And the uh, the cup overfloweth <laughs> with second string options. It's like I come around to Rich's house and Rich says to me, Do you want to roll a cola? And I'm like Sure, and he says He says, which roller color do you want? I've got all the smart, I've got all the uh shop zone brand varieties in my fridge.
0: <laughs> I think we had Panda Pops, I think that was the one that was our kind of local mm. varietal, yeah. I, 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 yeah, you know, we've we've had back to back uh FA Cup matches. Was the Everton game better than the Exeter game? Well, uh, we filled the bench, you know. <laughs>
1: That's a weird, that's a weird kind of sad comfort to know that we're coming back out of, you know, this outbreak on the training ground. And granted, there's a lot of academy players, but, you know, we're still seeing a lot more players back. Um, Marius back there. Windus was there. You know, Izzy Brown, Alex Hunt and Elias Kachunga. Kachunga, who I think, as we understand, was kind of sent home last minute, last time we were out. So,
0: yes, yeah. Well, I suppose that's th- I suppose that, yeah, we. It's a bench that's full, <laughs> but then it comes down to the age-old question or problem, depending on your outlook on things. Looking at that bench, how, how many? How many of those do you feel or are you confident would make a positive impact brought on for in place of one of the players that starts the game? That's always the question, isn't mm. it? So often we're looking at the bench, and you're like, well, they're all. They're either a different shade of the same type and calibre of player, Mm -hmm. or they're worse. And once again, we were in a position where we made the change. We took Patterson off. I mean, well, there's not not many folks coming out with, you know, beaming positive reviews from this game. But, you know, you take Patterson off and bring on Brown, and he had more of the ball, but... Uh. But as you say, it feels like we're out of the woods in terms of that COVID nightmare, because we can we can fill a, a team and a bench. That's that's much better than where we were. Sure. We've got a training ground that is operable, that's better than where we were. Um I think the thing is today is that this would have been if everybody was fit and well, this would have been a ridiculously tough game of football for us. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. We're in a position where a very good Premier League team with realistic aspirations of maybe finishing in a European place this season put out their entire first team and that was always going to be an uphill battle yeah. I think the, well, the main change was that they had the, the second string goalkeeper in who it happens to be Sweden's first choice international goalkeeper so boohoo for, um, for Everton's choices on the bench we have um, the South Yorkshire Samurai or the Broken Irishman those are our choices <laughs> <laughs> they have two full first choice internationals to pick from. Mm-hmm. So, what did you? I mean, so obviously the game, the game sort of gets going, and I think Reach probably had the first effort in earnest. We we got a shot on target early doors, a bit mm-hmm. of a, a spicy number from from Adam Reach from distance, but obviously easy to to deal with from the goalkeeper. Then it sort of fairly quickly sank into a bit of a rhythm of them keeping a lot of the ball, picking their moments to attack. But I thought, by and large, defensively, we I thought we looked pretty decent most of that first half.
1: Mostly. Um, I mean, outside of that, you know, that decent, you know, early crack from reach, which um, was very early on. Mm. Then there was a worrying moment where Allison got a header away. I thought Wildsmith did well to get a tip on it i think he did well given the situation
0: i did as well yeah that's sort of eight minutes in wasn't it that sort of mark
1: i mean it is probably still joe wildsmith and i'll try not to lay on this damning note but he really made it look very very difficult he made <laughs> it look a lot harder than i think it was <laughs> it was just the manner in which he did it but it, was Hollywood, still, as they say. it was a little bit yeah it was a, a bit I don't know, Mel Gibson rolling underneath a uh, shutter that's falling in lethal weapon. It looked good. But, you know, it seems <laughs> just
0: now. like Mel Gibson, actually, interestingly. Mm-hmm. Joe Wildsmith is it has some really interesting things to say about Jews, if you ask him.
1: Excellent. It's good to know. It's good to know. <laughs> it's a good job. Just remind it everybody get asked often. just remind everybody at home that this is a podcast and it's parody and we're protected. parody, them. parody. Parody, parody. parody. Allegedly, allegedly. Yes, sorry. <laughs> so, but to talk about defence, I mean, that was the 7th minute. Then the 11th minute, Richarlison took one away, which yes. he was offside, but I mean, it was close. Oh, that and path
0: by James Rodriguez was sumptuous.
1: It was, it was, and completely did Brennan. Yes. Just all over. Uh, very, very, you know, well played, but very easy for them. So that kind of felt like a big warning sign
0: but there was a couple of moves there was it wasn't without positives i think that's the thing like
1: mm. there was a
0: couple of periods of play um so i think everton had a passing move where it was maybe like you know getting on for 10 maybe more passes in a row nice sharp movement and and uh and moving the ball around with it and then we sort of did a similar we had a bit of a stumble. I think Pelipessi kind of ran into his man, but somehow managed with the ball on the other side. But adding it all together, it was probably a similar like number of passes. Harris put a decent cross in. Um, unfortunately, nobody really got on the end of it. But I, I I, just, I sort of felt like we were playing our part as the underdogs in a, a fairly enjoyable FA Cup tie. You know, as, as a neutral watching it, I would be thinking, this is not bad. You know, like as a bit of, Sunday night dozing in front of the telly type of entertainment. <laughs> I think we were kind of like playing the straight man part fairly well, as um you know, Everton who I'm casting in this as Eric Walkham in uh, in this um, <laughs> sort of steal the show. But we were we were there and we were part of it. You know,
1: we were making you know
0: it was a it was a fun, a fairly enjoyable thing to watch, and we were we were a factor in the enjoyment exactly it's not the start
1: of the show. so you come to from your dozing off to find that uh, you know some kind of moments of kind of crumbs of enjoyment mm-hmm. from Sheffield Wednesday's play and you also find some crumbs on your belly that, and you're also of a joy to find out that you know mm. you've only you've only eaten half the hobnob that's resting on your belly
0: <laughs> yeah maybe a little crumb of roaster a roast potato oh yes excellent Crispy.
1: Um,
0: I thought, in particular, I thought Reach looked at home. Like you know, he didn't look out of place in this uh, this setting. And I, th- I thought he was sort of intelligently moving the ball forward. And he sort of, as that <laughs> sort of the front man of the of the midfield, he does an all right job there. But doesn't it just never quite seems to turn into anything? Mm. It's sort of uh, it's sort of promising but frustrating. A bit like the career of, of someone like Izzy Brown. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, we did, we, did, uh, we did give in to the weight of chances. And 29 minutes in, uh, Gomez sort of toyed with Joey Pelopesi, whipped a ball across the front of the goal, and, and Calvert-Lewin was, was brave and, and got himself on the end of it um, at the far post to, to score. A a piggy scoring against us, no less. Mm. And the weird BT commentator, I can't remember who it was that was commentating, said, a blade stabbed into the heart of the owls.
1: How beautiful.
0: (laughs) I've got to I know this is broken record territory, but Walt Smith is too close to that front post again. He's hugging it. Yes. He doesn't give himself any chance to intervene. Mm-hmm. in the cross, because he stood touching the, the front post, the chances the, the as the kind of gamblers, you know, looking at it in, a, in kind of odds terms, where that ball is going to end up. If Gomez manages to get a decent effort off at the near post, Joe Wildsmith should be easily able to move enough to cover that. Mm-hmm. He's right next to it, mm-hmm. but by touching it, being like almost like having his shoulder on it for security, like a a sort of comfort blanket he he opens up <laughs> masses of space and he's asking too much of himself all the time so it's like for the sake of trying if you give up a a, a a couple of feet at the front post you save yourself having to cover like nine feet to your left like that's just a simple kind of it's angles it's mathematics you know or oh, physics <laughs> so it, because he's worried about getting caught out in the short space between him and the near post, mm-hmm. he's completely opening up everything else. Yeah. And he's not quick enough to fill the space or get out to it. So it's a bad decision he's making.
1: Yeah.
0: It's frustrating.
1: And, and what did you think he did for that? Because it looked like he just fell over pretty much.
0: Well, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a good ball whipped across. It, it's quick. It is. So it he is. couldn't do anything about it. But if he is, if there's, a couple of degrees of separation from him and that front post, he's in a much more um, proactive position to defend the ball coming in. Mm -hmm. He's within a, if you think like, you know, we talk about goal, like how many chances do we say, oh, if it had been either side of the goalkeeper. So where the goalkeeper stands is almost the most important thing about goalkeeping. If you're in the position where it's most likely to go, You know, you're going to look like a good goalkeeper because you can save things that are within a kind of hand's grasp of your body. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As a kind of, you know, I'm theorizing here, but you know, that the space (laughs) that you can mime in (laughs) if you were given to such things, Marcel Marceau that's your space, That that's where you're strongest. You're most likely to save the ball in those areas. It's gonna hit your face, it's gonna hit your body, or it's gonna hit your hands, that you can move quickly to those places. So it's all about where you position yourself to give yourself the best opportunity. And if you are given, so the post and everything beyond the post looks after itself. You don't need to worry about the space between the post and the player that's striking the ball. So, by standing right on the post, you're giving up a chunk of your saveable space to you're wasting it and Mm -hmm. you're limiting yourself to the other side. So I just feel like if he was like a foot away from the near post, he probably could have stuck his foot out and blocked the cross
1: Mm -hmm. or,
0: or, or had more of a chance of saving it with his hands. But because he was so deep into the his goal mouth, he just it was past him before he had a chance to react. But that is how he's conceded almost every goal we've seen recently, is he goes all the way yeah. to that near post. There's three metres or whatever to hit to the other side of him, and he cannot cover the gap. He's not good enough. He's not quick enough to do it. Mm-hmm. And maybe he would get be- a good shot beats you if you're in the right position, but it's like an okay shot beats you if you're in the wrong position. Anyway, that was the, that was sort of the beginning of the end of this, unfortunately. And um, not to sound too, um, not to try and place myself as Nostradamus, but my halftime note, and I did send a text to um, my oft mentioned sister to along these lines to, to kind of time stamp my prediction. But I said fairly respectable first half played our part in a knockabout cup tie. I think this will probably be two or three nil in the end, but if we play as well in the second half, I won't be too disappointed. Mm. That was a big if. (laughs) Do you have any other, before we kind of close the door on the first half, do you have any other bits and pieces?
1: Um, Andre Gomez was a very good player. I maybe felt Mm. maybe in a different occasion, maybe Pelopesi would have defended that, would have got his leg to it.
0: He did really well in the same position with somebody else, like almost immediately afterwards, which was strange. I can't remember who, which player it was well, maybe it was Rich Olsen. but he did a much better job of kind of blocking blocking them off. But yeah, he could I think he could have done better. He was kind of he was bewitched by Gomez's <laughs> uh, <laughs> dropping the shoulder and stopping and starting. It did it, it, it yeah, he, he bought every dummy he was sold.
1: Sure, but I uh, you know again. I kind of agree with you. The main focus of this is Wildsmith, but again, it's it's just. I think everyone involved was just a touch slack. You know, yeah. it's it's difficult with a ball like that coming at that pace, to defend, and you've got a, an attacker like Calvert Lewin attacking that. It it just felt a little bit disappointing to see Burner kind of having that situation. It it felt. Well, hmm. I, I think it maybe is the quality from Everton and those players to just make it seem that, from our perspective, it looks a little bit disappointing for a number of players.
0: I think you're right. I think Calvert-Lewin is is brave in a way that actually you don't often see mm. how many chances sort of whip across the goal mouth like that and nobody gets on the end of them. and And you sort of feel like if you'd stuck your foot out or if you'd thrown yourself at it, um, I feel like as fans we're often in that position, and Calvert Lewin's put himself there. He, he he probably knows there's some potential that somebody will crunch him or he'll get tackled, but he's he's wants to get the goal enough that he's he's put himself out there. It's just a shame we don't have anybody else mm. showing that same level of commitment, I guess. But I, I would say a bit of a theme of the game, unfortunately, was. Was Berner letting us down defensively?
1: Yeah, Burner and Brennan is a pretty, it's a pretty. Uh...
0: I thought Brennan was not too bad actually. I, I think he, to be honest, I thought he was one of the few Wednesday players. We'll, we'll get into this in the um. Mm. You know, we, we'll we'll get a, to the kind of autopsy of, of our performance. Sure. again. But I, personally, I thought Brennan was one of our better players. But that, that's interesting that you were of the opposite persuasion.
1: I don't know. It's just. It's strange to look at though cuz it's like we don't know that's where where the real the real youth is coming into play is in that you know in that defensive picture. Yeah. And they're up against some incredibly tough players. Like I I don't know if it's easier I mean it's easy to say because we didn't score you know, we didn't really lay yeah. much of a thing, lay much of a glove on Everton, which is kind of understandable considering like it's pretty much nearly their first team, bar probably their goalkeeper being changed out for Pickford.
0: That's right. I think, uh, yeah, I do believe that's the only kind of change from their their usual line. But
1: I uh, maybe I'm just being too wise after the event, but maybe, maybe having a more senior kind of back line would have helped in this. Um, maybe again, it's that problem of I feel, But maybe on the flip side of that, I can probably agree with you. Maybe it's that difficulty of having Burner as one of the defensive partners. He he needs to be with someone who's a bit more organised, a bit more tactful. Yeah,
0: I don't, it was interesting because Bernard. It was weird. It's weird to come out of that and say like a centre back's best moments were in the opposition's half. Like Burner's highlights were he had a couple of marauding runs in the game <laughs> and that was sort of the good stuff for him. Mm.
1: Um,
0: but I just thought defense, it felt like we were back, unfortunately back to the old, because he's had a real turnaround burner, but
1: mm.
0: it, it felt like we were back to the old one.
1: It felt like a, a bit of the, the bad Mongera of burner.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, for the first half, I mean, I I thought it was a fairly valiant effort in the face of, a pretty predictable hiding you know yeah. i mean looking at the everton lineup and probably with a team of their kind of standing and stature they're pretty much looking at the trophy and thinking we might as well this might be the only thing that they kind of really have to play for which more this season has been I,
0: said, yeah it was said before and after the game yeah actually, by Duncan Ferguson.
1: <laughs> it's it's a strong it's a strong premier league right now i mean in terms of that kind of looking at that title picture but everton are definitely a top half team but not they're not in that criteria for a top four side despite the fact how well they're doing under you know ancelotti so yeah I did, but again it it just we were doing okay i i thought that again they'll probably come up with that quality but it felt like maybe we were our own kind of enemy and and just kind of we seemed to just throw the ball away near the end the final ball was always yeah. a bit missing yeah, um, I was chatting with my eldest brother, Andy. He was absolutely hating on Adam Reach in the middle of the park. Right. He just kept, kept losing the ball. Some of my piffy kind of comments. I love the moment where Patterson was running up and jabbed his digits into Olsen's wrist. <laughs> that was <laughs> worth my subscription fee for this, <laughs> for this week of this. This is fantastic. <laughs> the, the commentators on my feed were very, very generous to Wednesday. Which right. was That's kind nice. of nice, but they they also had they didn't have the decency of you rich to basically say that Everton have Spurs in the next round because they were like, well, you know, whoever wins this could go on to play, you know, Wickham <laughs> or Spurs in the next round, and I'm like, well, I also enjoyed, you know, they they uh, also kind of loved the the pirouette from Bannon. Oh yes, pirouette out for a goal kick as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It, the, the first part of it was brilliant. The last part of it less so, you know. <laughs> Didn't stick the landing, it's
0: interesting so. about Adam Reach because, yeah, so I, that's maybe a, a different, a, a slightly more negative take, but maybe it's the same sort of thing we're feeling or seeing is that he gets the ball and there's a kind of, there's a level of competency, but then it just never seems to turn into anything. So I suppose you could probably that, if you you could characterise that another way and just say keeps giving the ball away, but I thought again this was a day where Bannon had a couple of clutch moments and didn't didn't do well enough with them. In particular, there was one early on in the second half where Windass had spun in behind uh, between their right back and between Coleman and uh, whoever the right sided centre back was. I think it's Mina, and Bannon like underplayed the pass. To a horrific extent, to the point where he just basically passed it to Coleman, and he did apologise to Windass. So it's rare to see Bannon apologise, but you, you know he's really dropped a howler when he apologises. Um, yeah, just, but even that is kind of like clutching at pretty miserly straws. There weren't there weren't that many big opportunities and moments for Wednesday, but we didn't produce a set piece of any note, and often that often that's Bannon taking set pieces. Did you that was to the corner towards the end of the game where Bannon kind of like there's an it was a new signal which was him kind of like waving both hands in the air like a drowning man. Did you like that? No, uh, and he just played it to the front post like every other corner. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, sorry,
1: yeah, drowning, drowning, drowning man equals won't beat first man,
0: yes, yeah. Gotcha. I didn't know what the signal was supposed to uh, uh, indicate, but yeah, it just it really didn't mm-hmm. didn't produce a different sort of corner than he usually does, so sort of getting into the second half, this is where we apparently to even hang on the coattails of Everton it was a huge effort because we looked knackered second half <laughs> we we looked done from the from almost moment one. I thought it 60 minutes. You could substitute anybody mm. because we just, yeah, we just looked like we'd run our race. I, particularly the young left back Coleman just was doing whatever he felt like at any moment for the whole of the second half. Galvin had just, was just pooped again. Maybe if maybe a factor was that he got no help from his senior partner to, you know, in, in Burner, but um Yeah, he just looked, for want of a better word, he looked shagged. And they all looked a bit tired. Mm. And it was just became chance after chance there. So Calvert-Lewin had a a decent effort, which Wildsmith saved well onto the post. Was it from the resulting corner or was it later on? It was a different corner, wasn't it? There was a run of corners then where we kind of escaped a couple Mm. of good chances. We got it just about clear. And then immediately there was another sort of, uh, I think it was a Sigurdsson shot was deflected over the bar and then they then they had the corner that they scored their second goal from it was 59th yeah. minute a good corner lots of movement and richarlison got free uh, and got a, got an easy header it was one of those i mean he was so close the only sort of save that might have been produced was if it you know if it hit the person in the goal or one of the defenders um it was it was a sort of flick down into the goal that 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 um, richarlison carried off on the commentary and I think to be fair in in the uh, first look on the video it looks like Pelupesi, he was Pellupesi's man and Pelupesi failed to deal with Richarlison but I was I'm I'm not gonna say bored enough to look back but there is a period of the game where I might only notice loads of subs and during that period I kind of rewound to watch the corners back he was reach's man because I thought it was weird Richarlison is good at heading the football and I thought that would be a really bad decision to put Pellupesi one-on-one with Richarlison. Well, he wasn't. Reach was supposed to be his man, but Reach lost him and just kind of watched him go into the crowd whilst vaguely pointing in his direction. Pellupesi was on a kind of zonal duty, so I guess he didn't mark his zone or didn't sort of manage his zone as well as he could have, but the the real culprit was, was Adam Reach. It was a pretty pathetic effort when you actually watch, <laughs> watch it back but a lot of good movement. It was clever. I had actually genuinely had to watch it three or four times to pick out which one was Richarlison because two or three times I was watching a player and I was like, no, 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 they've run past it. (laughs) (laughs) Any thoughts on that
1: second goal? I mean, it's it's, it's such a great delivery from the corner. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if the excellence of the movement makes it look easy to the point that I'm saying that feels like poor marking.
0: I know it was, I think it genuinely was poor marking, but it, I think they worked to make, (laughs) to find the gaps in our, in our defense as well. And then that, that goal was joined pretty closely by another. Yeah. Again, again preempted by, and we've got to be fair where we can, another good Wildsmith save, getting a finger on a very decent effort by Rich Elson to just touch it around the post was, was, was a great save. (laughs) But then this is a, this was a much simpler corner, just Berner got sold a dummy by Mina. Mina pretended he was running forward, checked back. Berner kept running forward and Mina had a free header. Their mm. best header of the ball had a free header. And I would say it was almost a, almost a Chris Linesy sort of floaty corner. But when you are, I think Yeri Mina is six foot four. When you're six foot four and unmarked, a floaty corner is a lovely, lovely corner for you. You will <laughs> gobble that up like so much dinner on a plate. Um, <laughs> Interestingly or ironically, both those corners had a feature of, you know, we talked when Pulis joined about the Pulis or Pulis corner. You kind of faint that you're running to the near post and then make hay in the gap that's left. Both of the the, both of their sort of corner routines, they did that thing where they sort of charged the front post. Most of our team followed them or lost them on the way there. And it left loads of gaps and opportunities for when the ball actually was delivered right in the middle of the goal. There was several people could have, that second one, there was about three of them could have headed in mm. with very little attention from Wednesday. <sighs> Disappointing. Yeah. Disappointing, the kind of, I'd, I'd say, you know, let's be generous, a spirited first half performance. But within like- 15, 16 minutes of the restart, it was uh, it was done.
1: Yeah, well, I I felt that I I felt so sad in saying this, in that my note after the second half, you know, Windass comes on for Green.
0: Hmm. By
1: the way, uh, what did you what did you think of Andre Green in his first first birth, starting birth for Sheffield Wednesday?
0: He he had a shot, didn't he? Early doors, which was which was okay ish. Mm-hmm. I I thought he looked sharp and then faded very very quickly. I don't know what what did you think.
1: Probably the same, you know, had some I think there's definitely more levels to him, yeah, you know he he definitely felt that uh, I definitely felt that he didn't really get going in this yeah. in this occasion, so yeah, I think there's more to come. I think it's difficult to not play football for what seven, eight months well, seven, that's it, six it? six, yeah. six months, whatever it is, and then come in and then be picked for upfront against an incredibly strong everton team without barely any without barely any training so i thought that was fair yeah so that was you know i noted it windows came on for the half time point but i i said at that point which felt very damning felt very tempting fate sorry that this is not quite a depressing formality that we've come to expect <laughs> i said uh-huh. a mild paddle into the shallow end of the pool of predictability no yes. need for water wings for this trip to the pool <laughs> And then suddenly we are it's two. (laughs) Yeah, it's two goals in three minutes. Fifty-nine and sixty-two. Yeah. And at that point, then it it's feeling really, really real kick in the teeth. Because at that point, I think all of the positives of the games have kind of been sapped out and removed. It's like a liposuction of any positivity. And and you know, noting that Everton are on point for obligatory free will win, we're still thirty minutes to go. It felt yeah. like more were coming at that point.
0: It did. It really did.
1: It was one of those where I was,
0: I'm, this is a weird thing to say, but I'm sort of glad it was three. I suppose it's not that weird to say, but I'm glad it wasn't more because it did start to take on that feel that this could be an absolute cricket score. Yeah. And remembering the way that, that that Man City thumping had had a hangover effect on the team. Um, that was Stuart Gray, wasn't it? I think so that seven nil. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it took us like four or five weeks to get over that properly, I think. And I just was worried, it was so those two goals in the second half were so easy. And I just we've talked before that this that it's this little modicum of of faux confidence we have. It's not, you know, it almost doesn't feel real enough to believe in mm. and, in and of itself. Um, so, like, we're trying to build <laughs> a sustainable sort of level of momentum for the remainder of the season on 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 you know kind of this this faux pearl of <laughs> of mm-hmm. confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started to feel like, oh my goodness, if this is a five or a six, there's going to be a lot of devastated players out there, and and you know we go into this ridiculous run of games. You don't want that. So I'm so, I'm really, in a way, I'm thankful for the the fact that sort of mercifully Everton seemed to really just take their foot off the gas at that stage. We also made lots of changes, which maybe would have obscured if, if it had gone <laughs> down that negative route, it would have obscured quite the sort of brutality of it. Mm. I th- yeah, I, so, to be honest, I don't, that now we are in the loads of subs bit. So there was just loads of subs from both teams. We... Um, they, we made baby five man, baby baby man child didn't they
1: man child yes terry small
0: terry small was terry small no no he wasn't <laughs> 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 yeah so we we were, so we did the half time change which meant we could make have a, another three sets of substitutions in the second half because oh this new rule set is oh, no but three different oppor- like You've got three times you can make substitutions. So we made four substitutions. We did it in three different slots. We took the maximum. Do
1: you know what I mean? No, we we made five substitutions, Rich.
0: Oh, five substitutions. Yeah, but but we did it in we did it in three slots in the second half. So the first one at halftime doesn't count. You get three extra. The two, so that the new the extra substitutions don't affect the game. You're only allowed three times you can make substitutions. If that makes right.
1: sense. Right. Okay.
0: But, It's absolute nonsense, because that means six times in the second half people made substitutions. (laughs) So what? I don't know what we've gained from the rule change is what I'm saying, because we had subs subs at 60 minutes, subs at 67, subs at 68, subs at 76, subs at 80, and subs at 85. Like, what have we... I don't understand. I don't... It's weird. it's, It's weird that this... There's an extra little bit of enforcement. And it's weird that this competition has it. The Premier League doesn't. We had VAR Mm, today, but it wasn't consulted at all. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's strange what football has got itself into with seemingly kind of making up rules on the fly and changing Mm -hmm. them as they go. (laughs) But yeah, sorry, we did make the the full, fully allotted five subs today. So we did the wind for Andre Green. We did Brown and Penny came on between the goals, uh, which was...
1: Yeah, they great. were... I mean, they were getting ready to come on by the time we conceded the second. Wasn't that the yes. case? Oh, no, they came... Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, sorry, they did come on just afterwards. We saw them on the bench and I said, oh, look, good. We're looking forward to a disappointing appearance from uh, Izzy Brown again. Um. I think what I think the word you were looking around saying about the, the mixtures of rules and yeah. laws across competition, I think I think the word you're looking for is uh it is wank.
0: <laughs> yes, that's that's a pretty good word. Mm. We got to see Fizzy for a little bit. I don't I think he touched the ball once. Yes.
1: Maybe twice. Yes. Uh Matt Penny came on as well. Yep. As did uh Jack, Jack Marionette.
0: Jack Marionette. Oh, and someone had stolen his sausages. <laughs> That's the way to do it. So I've got just in terms of like remaining notes. Mm. Um I thought Godfrey was maybe lucky to just get a yellow for his foul on um, I'm trying to think who he fouled now. Was it was it Penny he fouled? I thought that was that was a bit nasty. Oh no, it was Harris he fouled. He had fouled Harris. And it was one of those where it's like, that's not a million miles from the sort of thing Shaw got sent off for a couple of weeks ago. Because he mm. clearly lost the ball. He was late and he went with studs showing. I suppose he was controlled. But if you're controlled and you do the person with your studs, is that not worse than being uncontrolled and doing them with your studs? We had a terrible corner from Brown, a terrible free kick from Brown, a terrible through ball from, for Burner from Brown. He almost injured Burner, didn't he? Because he sent Burner on that run, mm. thumped, the, thumped his through ball straight out of play for a goal kick. And then uh, Burner on his jog back, I think, was there. That's when he went down injured. <laughs> so he almost single handedly broke Burner as well. But it's saying that Izzy Brown might have been the best player on the pitch for us today.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. Considering one of my lines here is God, Izzy Brown is shit. Oh, he was,
0: he was terrible.
1: Uh, but you know, the bit I felt I thought the worst was it, it in a game of poor decision making in a lot of areas, the bit where the, the ball was played to him because he was in that kind of left wing berth. Yes. And he took a touch to spin it round to go towards the byline <laughs> to lose the ball. Yes. What were you thinking? The, the easiest thing to do I would have done would be I'll take it inside and I can get it on my right foot. And then, then you know, who knows what happens after that, especially if it's me as a football player who would be terrible. Yes. But I think I would actually do better in that situation than Izzy Brown did. I don't know what he was thinking.
0: Maybe he'd been watching his videos of um, Chris O'Grady and he, he had ideas above his station.
1: Maybe that's true. And then <laughs> I, I don't know how many bad corners, but that one at the death was... Such a limp corner. It was so bad,
0: howlingly awful corner. (sighs) I suppose what I'm not, what I'm alluding to, albeit with tongue in cheek, is he had some of the ball. So just in terms of the percentage of possession, he had he had 2.3 percent of the ball uh, Mm. today, and he was only on for half an hour. There are several players that played the whole game. That had less than that, or more, or or the same amount. Harris had the ball just as much in the ninety minutes as uh, as Brown in his time. Which he which also is was our, the most prolific dribbler, Luke? But I think they've been counting actual dribbles down his chin because what I don't know what technically a dribble is, but I didn't see many of them. I wasn't. Mm. This was not um, Diego Maradona <laughs> knocking it between people's legs. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know quite what constitutes a dribble. Is it walking more than two steps with a football? Because maybe, maybe he did that five times, but I'm struggling to count them up. Mm -hmm. Did you think there was anything in the penalty shout? That was sort of almost the last
1: thing, I think. No. No. No, I don't think so.
0: Would have been nice to see a VAR video, though, but they're actually paying attention to it.
1: Of course, this isn't the first time we had VAR because that was in the cup to We got screwed out of that Chelsea game. We didn't did, I? we did indeed. Yes. Ah, oh, so again, generous commentators. You know, the, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have a whip round and put a put a few <laughs> coins in your hat from the fans of Sheffield Wednesday. The commentators are speaking well of us in the way they're telling a young cancer-ridden child that they're impressed with their <laughs> footballing ability and that Barcelona is surely about to make a call. Typically summed up by the commentators speaking of the possibility of extra time just as we enter stoppage time. <laughs> they seem to think uh, we'll be okay in the league. They seem to think we'll survive going on this.
0: The generous commentators that... The generous
1: commentators, up, yeah.
0: let smoke up your virtual ass and throw the whole game.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so... <laughs> In summary, <laughs> I, I, I mean, we knew we were going to lose today. That's yeah. That's got to be the caveat at the beginning of all this, hasn't it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I suppose that's the, the the kind of lens you've got to view it all through. I thought first half, we, as we talked about, we did our bit. I think second half, it's hard to know because clearly Everton did take their foot off the gas after going 3-0 up. So if they'd gone... Hell for leather for the throughout the remaining game that it, I think it could have got embarrassing, but you could look at this if you were doing a favourable viewing. You could look at this and go, "Well, outside of a kind of mad five minutes, we we pretty much held our own against a, a very decent Premier League team." That's the the positive, you know, the Snapchat filter, <laughs> beaming eyes, blushing cheeks version of of this this match. But I don't think it's too far off. I don't think it's too deluded to sort of characterise it that way. But definitely helped by the fact, clearly, when, when it got to 3-0, Everton were like, job done. Put your feet up, lads. Mm. Apart from Rich Olsen, who looked really, really angry to be taken off. I don't know whether he fancied himself for a, a hat-trick, maybe. he's a grumpy boy. So any sort of positive standout performers? No, no, no. What did you think of? So uh, we t- we've t- we talked about Berner and uh, Brennan in that defensive three. What d- what did you think of Uruguide as the the third man in there? Was okay. <laughs> I was quite pleased. I, I think again, first half. Separate the first half from the second half. I thought he'd had a really pretty good game. I mean, Richarlison is or Richarlison is. Mm. He's a real real talent. Like he's one of the best players in the Premier League.
1: He's definitely and, up there, yeah.
0: And know gave him short shrift a, a couple of times in, in very pleasing fashion. There was a bit where he just put on the afterburners and left him like feet behind him. It was just a little ball flicked in behind but it was just quite nice to see. <laughs> and the bit, the when he stopped him on the halfway line that was that was excellent and took with another about 10 minutes to recover from that with his grumpy little face. And that was probably my highlight of the game, was Uruguide nicking in there and then standing very big and strong. (laughs) So the Rich Allison hit him. That and Patterson smashing their goalie. So maybe what I actually wanted to watch was a rugby match. And those two gave me me what I was craving. (laughs) To be honest, more often, this is a time of night where I am more often watching American football than uh, soccer, English football. And... um, Maybe I was just I wanted some big hits still.
1: Mm. <laughs> so You wanted yeah. to um just see some some people uh chipping away at uh giving each other CTE in the future. That's what you wanted. That's
0: what I was that's what I was there for, Luke.
1: Well, we also Rich and I did spend the entirety of the first half basically just talking <laughs> about UFC from the previous season, So and Bridge and made a comment that basically we talked through the best bits of the game, and I said that's kind of that's kind of like life, isn't it? Really, <laughs> you spend your youth just messing around, and then you get old, and it's like, oh dear, what happened to all my time? I've wasted my life. Ah, <laughs> uh,
0: it wouldn't be an episode of Different Gravy following a defeat for Sheffield Wednesday without a very sort of depressing coda at the end, would it? That's, that's that's what people come here for. And once again, Luke, you've delivered.
1: Thank you so much. No worries. Glad I could be of service. <laughs> you know, I like to think my performance could be summed up by the gif of Arnie's thumb coming up in the air and Terminator 2 as he sinks into the lava.
0: <laughs> Which, when Bannon does that, indicates he's going to hit the first man with his corner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i i guess for the only thing i want to cap cap off this episode is i, I know we brought in a start of this new year we brought in a new system to look over instead of our player ratings and yes. we said that i think for good performances oh yeah yeah pick a man of a match Yes. And for bad performances, we'd pick a uh, villain of the week or something villain, like villain that. Villain of the week, yes. So, so where does where does this fall? Because I mean, it's in some ways it's it's not bad. In some ways,
0: it's bad. Well, we we've, we've said there's no honourable mention in a positive sense. So that makes me mm. think we've really got to look on the on the flip side of that coin and say who was the baddie. And I think like many a good movie, it was probably the handsome
1: German chap. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that Julian Berners is the Hans Gruber of this affair.
0: Yes, very much so. A grinning Hans Gruber.
1: And I think that's the episode title as well. Probably. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, awkwardly, we've already done
0: an outro, so I suppose we should just stop talking. <laughs> okay. So that sort of brings us to the end of uh, the discussion, Luke. And we just got a couple of bits and pieces to of of business at the tail end here. But the first one, I just want to say, thank you so much for the um, I think an anonymous user who uh, is in Kiverton Park that that left a five-star review on iTunes. Um, Quite often podcasts do say like, Oh, leaving reviews and uh, subscribing makes a big, big difference. But, uh, I hadn't quite felt that firsthand in the way that we did with this one, but, you know, we certainly saw a pickup in the number of uh, folks downloading the podcast, which um, is heartening. Uh, also, the praise in and of itself is just lovely. Thank you so much um, for your kind words. Uh, if you do enjoy the podcast and you, you're, you're an, an Apple person, um, do... Feel free to to pop on and and uh, leave a leave a a review. I mean, please only if it's positive. If it's a bad one, we'll, <laughs> we will cower away. We are, um, you know, we're terribly. Um... <laughs> I don't know. You know, we're 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 on the whims of of the of things with the with our moods and things like that. Especially at this time with the exactly. world exactly, right? Yeah um so yeah please if if you if you have nice things to say we would love to hear them and um if, if you want to formalize that with um with a positive review on, on iTunes uh it will result in more folks being able to hear the podcast which is uh splendid um so yeah I I, I, I you're probably skipping through this bit we won't make this a feature but um <laughs> there's a reason podcasts do this I figured out and uh this is why
1: <laughs> and also let's say thank you to the excellent Patty jones uh New York owls as part of the the also excellent owls Americas podcast, which is a fantastic listen if you've never got into as well so uh thank you for buying thank you for buying one of our t shirts uh we really appreciate that and it's uh it's nice to see the word of different gravy and merchandise get out there so uh thank you mm,
0: yes thank you so much and uh UK folks uh, I, I did drop a, a link because uh, we've, we've got a, a couple of bits of new a couple of new designs available Um we have been using a particular provider, uh, but they are having a Brexit moment. So uh, I will drop a new link in the, the the notes for this episode, which will point people towards uh, the spreadsheet shop, which is still a fabulous uh, destination for for all things different and um, of course, gravy. Uh, but thanks very much for listening, folks, and we'll uh, we'll be with you again next week. And uh, best to look for all those days and hours in between.
1: Have fun, See everyone. You soon. See ya.